Hey everybody, coming up on today's show, we've got I don't need we've got some kind of mess going on in Texas. That's uh Man, No doubt about here, it. Here, Texas I'll, is I'll, th- we'll, we'll do this. People are we're delivering pizzas and people are dying all in the same process. Not a not a good thing. Not a good thing and we'll get into some details on that. Hey, we're also going to be talking a little bit about um some exciting news from Toyota. Uh, you've heard us on on previous podcasts where we're asking, like, well, where the heck are they at? Well, we've got some real exciting news to share with you about those guys. What else we got, Keith? Well, we have a new – if you're planning on buying a Rivian, we have a new option for insurance on those, and it's going to come from Rivian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we're going to get into um, a market that, that seemed to kind of die off I would say in the the mid '90s, um, kind of went away for a long time. That's uh, it seems to be it could be making a comeback. We're going to get into talking about a little bit about the uh, the compact truck market. Uh, Hyundai has certainly caught the uh, the eyes of a few, and we'll get into a little bit of that. So all that coming up on today's show right after this. Show. I am Jay, and that's my co-host Keith over there. How's it going, man? Hey, Jay, how you doing today? All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, today, today. I've been watching commercials. You know, you got a little bit on the high side. What's that guy's name? What's that Act actor? Now that, and we'll give that... you not one, but two. Two. <laughs> rumble, rumble, rumble. Right on, man. So uh, good, good, good to see you, man. Good to see yeah. you. We're all in one piece here. You're in one piece. You're uh, you're looking dapper over there, man, as usual. I skipped the um, hat today. <laughs> yeah, I've been skipping it. I noticed I got a haircut. I yeah, finally it's peer pressure. Tri- I saw, a, you know, the last couple. I saw. Uh, well, you had a you had like a like a skull cap on the last one, I think. I did, I did, but um, you know it was kind of interesting. I, 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 I grew my hair. For those of you listening and not um, not watching any of our videos, I had I didn't when COVID hit, we couldn't get our hair cut, and of course my wife won't touch it. She's she's afraid um, to even try, attempt to cut my hair. I've told her the story about my sister. Uh, I let my sister cut my hair once. Hey, uh, sis, if you're listening, remember that? You know, I do like my bangs. Just saying. But anyway, um, so my wife won't touch it. Uh, and I just said to heck with it. I'm going to just let it roll. And, and I grew my hair out uh, for mm, 14 months with kind of like maybe a little bit of a trim at the bottom, the back. It got pretty long. But... Uh, it was just getting out of hand. 
I just, uh, you know, summertime's come in, warm weather's come in. I just decided to, you know, it's time to uh, to clean up the act a little bit. So, so here you go. Here, just here's the get, real here's get, the real me getting ready for the hundredth episode. By the way, this yeah. uh, this segment brought to you by Great Great Clips, Great Clips for hair, GreatClips.com. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, it's uh, by uh, by uh, doing donuts. Um, <laughs> which which by the way, if you like this shirt, uh, we'll put a link up on the uh, on the website. Uh, doing donuts, uh, you can you can go buy one of these uh, fine shirts. There, Bring so. that up again later in another segment when we get rolling into segments, and we'll. Uh, Oh, right on. And, right and, on, and by the way, did you know, I did not know this, uh, interestingly, do you know it's Just Duncan now? They've officially changed their name to Just what? Duncan. It's no Duncan. longer Dunkin' Donuts. Uh, what are they Duncan? They changed it a few years back. I don't I don't know. I, I did uh, not know that. My son bought their, they have the cereal, like, you know, breakfast cereal. It's like yeah. sugar-coated sugar on sugar donut, sugar donuts with sugar. And then frosting and sugar. And then the yeah. powder, they put a little extra powder <laughs> yeah. on top. Yeah, so I'm yeah. reading the back of the cereal box, because sometimes at breakfast, I'm just sitting there like looking for something to read. And it had their timeline, and it was like, mm-hmm. you know, when the first one was opened, and so on and so forth. And then at some point, um, within the past like 10 years, yeah, they just switched the name to Duncan. I, I don't get it. What are they dunking? Did you just dunk everything? I guess. Just walk in, hey, we're dunking. Yeah. You got a basketball if, goal if somewhere? Uh, do we seen, get a, here, here's if I, if I can dunk the basketball when I walk into your establishment, if I can dunk it, yep. Do I get something free? All right. This is this is I'm a Jay. This is for both you and our audience. Mm-hmm. If you have not, if you have not seen this, go on. Just 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 pull up in Google and search for vanilla nut taps. Okay. You're gonna vanilla find nut yeah, vanilla taps. nut taps. You're gonna find a Saturday Night Live episode, which is a Dunkin' Donuts uh, parody, and it's uh, I think it's Casey Affleck. Yeah, uh, it is yeah. hilarious. It is hilarious. Okay, and Dunkin' loved it so much that they actually even made the little vanilla <laughs> nuts. Ha- you, you just you just have to watch. That's it. awesome. Okay, let me. Okay, so speaking of Saturday Night Live, I have two favorite skits all time. Two favorite skits all time. The first one. Is Jimmy Fallon with with Mick Jagger, where Jimmy's playing Mick and Mick is Mick and and they're talking back and forth like it's a mirror. It's mm-hmm. just hilarious. Hilarious. That one is great. But really, every Christmas, man, I look for the replay of I like my uh how do you like my sweaty balls? Yeah, with Alec Baldwin. Pete, Pete yeah. Sweaty. Peach sweaty, yeah, I'm peach sweaty. Oh my, how your balls look! That they're they're glistening. Like, it's supposed to be NPR or PBS or something, right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, all right, great stuff, man. But anyway, Saturday Night Live is hilarious. Uh, I, they're you know they're 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 getting a little. I I've been watching them a little bit more. They're they're starting to get good again. I think uh, you know they it's it's that's the way it works with Saturday Night Live. You have a group of cast members that that really take it to that next level. And, and I've been fortunate. I mean, the age that I am, I mean, I was around for the very first Saturday night live and boy, it couldn't get any better than that with that cast. You thought, and then comes Eddie Murphy. Holy cow, man. Changed the world, man. I think, but, uh, Eddie was a, it was, it was definitely one of the highlights for that, that show. And then your Jimmy Fallon's and, 
Oh yeah, oh, man, it just yeah. on and on and on and on. Just good stuff, man. Will Ferrell, um, big fan of his. So. I've definitely watched it more lately than I had in previous years. Yeah, we. It's funny out here, West Coast. We get they will air the they will air it live here, so it's early. But then there's a rerun of it, or or they'll run an old one. So I get like back to back maybe it's a new one maybe it's oh, an old one it, it's, gotcha. it's pretty good yeah. yeah so that's just kind of one of the disadvantages of living in the upper uh, upper left uh, coast is what we like to call it right uh, or the left coast so yeah just a, kind of a weird I, I really enjoy living central time yeah me too um, because everything was yeah early central everything is central yeah yeah yeah, yeah. everything is central you're kind of in the central. middle of everything I mean central it, yeah. yes Yes. You don't have to deal with that the extremes. Yeah. Right, right, right. So, hey. Um, all right, all right, all right, all right. So, yeah. So, while Man. we're on the topic of extremes, now. Right, all right, all right. I, Texas I, boy. I, 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 I need to start. Uh, okay. So, I, nobody listens to me. Okay. Because <laughs> I know that many, many times on this program, we have said... I know y'all like your your self-driving automobiles. I know you like your 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 Tesla autopilot. I know you you people out there jamming your tangerines in the steering wheel and taking naps on 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 the interstate while your car drives. Man, yeah. As just... a technology person, okay, as someone that has a base level understanding of what's going on inside the computer systems of the those automobiles i'm mm-hmm. i'm telling you uh, actually i'm pleading with you ladies and gentlemen please stop trying to to use any sort of self-driving feature on your automobiles they are not capable of it we are not ready for it we are not there yet <laughs> right part of the reason we're not yet there yet is because of the the infrastructure of our roads like so you're you're basically trying to teach a machine learning you're trying to teach machines to recognize things in the physical realm that have a lot of variables in them they don't always use right. the same paint on the side of the road it's right. not always the same color not every tail light works the same not every tail light is the same color not every tail light is leds not every stop sign looks the same things right. get faded out this is where you're introducing all these variables and this is where we run into trouble Okay. Right. But apparently Domino's is 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 ain't having it because they're going they're marching right on ahead with what do we what do we got Jay? Well, you know I I I think it's a it's an interesting idea. It's already proven to work in controlled environments, you know, like college campuses and stuff like that, where they deliver you know, things, meals and stuff. But my understanding is there is a, a self-driving robot uh, that is going to be uh, delivering some pizzas. So it sounds, it's what I understand, uh, Domino's Pizza, who, I don't know, are, are you a Domino's Pizza fan, by the way? I am. I, yeah, I mean, so a lot of it boils down to what's closer to wherever we are when we want one. But yeah, I'll do it. I, I used oh, to, a, here, here you go. I used to work as a delivery driver for Domino's in college. What? Back when they had the 30-minute guarantee. 
Wow, that was dangerous in itself. That was cutting edge. Yeah, I, I got a few tickets. Well, I got pulled over a couple times. I don't think I ever got a ticket. I, I had a Mustang, and you know, uh, you know, yeah. I had the little blue and orange like hat, and the you know. But did you not have like the domino sign on the rooftop? No, of the car? I, they didn't. Uh, they had just started doing that, and it was kind of optional, and not everybody did it. Do you think cops turn turned her head whenever they see a uh, Domino's sign? Well, ah, I had they're, they're I, so uh, you know, kind of a side story here, but I had a situation where I uh, was because how we got paid was basically like, and this is before GPS. Okay, mm-hmm. um, you would learn the neighborhoods, and right, you could go look at the at the hot rack, which is where when they would make the orders, they would put them under a basically a heat a heat rack. And Mm -hmm. I would go, okay, this one and that one over there and this one right here, these are all in the same neighborhood and I can hit them all. Like I can go to this street and then that street's the next street over and then that street's the next street over. And I can hit all three of those within the 30-minute window if I go to what's the oldest one here, okay? So I'm going to that one first, all right? And it was smart. Like you don't just grab one order and run out the door because you're not going to get, you're not going to make as much money that way, okay? Right, Um, right. So I got pulled over because I was racing that, and we used to call them clock watchers. And they would put it on, like, the customer's profile in the computer system. It would say clock watcher, meaning, like, he's called in before and gone, hey, you're, you, I, I, you know, you're, you were at 32 minutes, and, and I, you know, so I need my free pizza. And so, so I was trying to, trying to get there before the clock watcher's time ran out, and I got pulled over. Uh, and the guy, he, he, he said, you know, what, what are you doing? I'm going to have my uniform on and all that. And he right. let me off with the right. warning and I went back and I told my boss and he goes, which, what was his name? And I told him the officer's name and he goes, yeah, I used to be a delivery driver for me. He's not going to write you a ticket. <laughs> <laughs> See can, there. So, yeah. so there you go. They understand. They get yeah. it. So, so here's where we're going with this guys. Apparently Domino's has teamed up or partnered up with, um, Neuro. Uh, and I would have to say it's probably more Neuro seeking out a company right. that works and fits their program. But what this is, it is a um, autonomous uh, uh, delivery system. Uh, basically, um, Neuro is a it's a self driving robot, uh, and they've been testing in the Houston market now for about yep. two years. Neuro Neuro was um, founded by two Google engineers, right? Okay. Um, yeah, and they fall into that. Uh, that family tree, uh, that go- that big Google family tree. Google has done many a a test pilots with autonomous, uh, right? Auto- yeah, motorization. They are heavy in. Yep. They are heavy into it. Um, but the company says select customers in Houston who make a prepaid delivery order from its store in the Woodland Heights neighborhood uh, during certain dates and times uh, can have their pizza brought to them by a neuro. R2 robot. Now, if these guys are speeding, will the cop robots that we just podcasted about right. From, ticket them, pull them over? Right. So you potentially have a robot arguing with a robot over, you know, right. Right. license and, how, and registration. Right. Boy, that's gonna that's gonna come to chips. Well I'll tell you. But um And these are small, <laughs> like the vehicles themselves look small. So is it the kind of thing where it kind of pulls over when a you know rides on the shoulder when a car comes up behind? It looks like they're already using these for grocery deliveries, CVS pharmacies using them. Mm-hmm. Uh mm-hmm. my here's the issue that I have with this, okay? And very very rarely do I ever take like a hard stance in, on one side or the other. You and I both mm-hmm. were kind of just fans of we're, we're, 
we're sportscasters, we're observers. We're, we don't have a favorite team, right? But man, mm-hmm. I am just telling you, this is a recipe for trouble. This thing's going to run over a kid in a tricycle. It's yeah. going to run over somebody's dog. I mean, we had this huge just recently, and I don't know if you know about this, but, and this was horrible. Uh, apparently somebody had a camera in their home, like a smart cam, and they got the whole thing on, on, on video, and I saw it. There's two small children playing in a playroom. I saw it. And they got I the Pel- Peloton treadmill. The Peloton, yes. And the kid's ball goes underneath the Pelotro- Peloton. Right. And he reaches underneath, and the treadmill's turned on, and it, it, he dies. He dies. They, it's just terrible, man. And so just absolutely terrible. The whole like, automated... I, I don't know how many times we have to say this. Stop with the AI. It is not... We don't need it. We don't need this. No, fine example. Texas is going crazy with this stuff, man. I mean, Texas has been on the map for a while with this sort of stuff. Um, just things happening in that <laughs> in that state. I, do they have a bullseye on them? I mean, what, I, what do we got? What else we got going on? We, let's let's okay. So so AI, so AI is is the is the topic of discussion here. Keep that in in your brain. Let's talk about this. All right, ready, so, go. Also in Texas, we have a, another. Let's just state, you know, AI self-driving where two people in a Tesla, I believe this was a Model S, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. And it the, was not a newer model. It was a 2019. Okay. So the car crashed, burst into flames. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, this is also near Houston. Okay. Right. This is the interesting part. It killed two men. Nobody in the driver's seat. Nobody driving the vehicle. Yeah. And it's weird, man. Um, when you dug deeper into it, I don't even think that uh, the autopilot was engaged. Even um, is what, according to the uh, the black box, if you will. Preliminary reports suggest the car was traveling at a high rate of speed and failed to make a turn, then drove off the road into a tree. And you know, I understand you're trying to impress your friends with your Tesla and you know whatever. What are you thinking, man? What are you thinking? What what happens if something goes wrong? Right. And what part of I mean, these things are we are so far away from these things working the right way or not I shouldn't say full to its full potential. But there's a lot of learning that has to continue to go on. This is not I mean, look, here's where AI works. It's proven to work, we know it works. You take this part and you put it here. There are no other variables involved when you grab this part and you put it here for the assembly line. But when you have AI out on the open road, well, when we, there's what squirrels, kind of paint? Yep. squirrels, right. deer, squirrels, deer, other vehicles, I mean, what kind of paint's right. on the lanes? What happens if the paint got rubbed off on that side of the lane? And then. Uh, then yeah. we find out, according to Musk, who tweeted a response, Elon Musk, mm-hmm. that said, hey, this mm-hmm. guy didn't even have the full self-driving. Like, he didn't buy the upgrade that would enable right. this car to officially be able to do right. this. Right. Nor, so that, as you previously said, did they have autopilot turned on? Right. It's weird. It's uh, uh, Musk, he claims the data logs recovered, uh, suggested that, they, that, it, that it wasn't engaged. So what were these people thinking? And here's the thing. Okay, so... It's if it crashed like it crashed. I mean, were these people buckled in these seats? Well, if it's at a high positions? rate of speed and it crashed into a tree, like it hit something and burst into flames and it hit it hard, that's right. going to knock you somewhere. 
And right, so that's why I'm thinking it's like you know maybe maybe you know maybe there's there's more to this than we know right now. Um, this could be true, but I just kind of find it hard to believe that you knowingly have you've done this, decided not to take control of the vehicle and allow the car when it's not f- fully set up to do that and for it not to be engaged. So it just, there's a lot of this story that doesn't add up to me. And obviously, as as the um, safety board gets involved, uh, they'll start you know peeling the layers back to find well, out really what happened. And you know, the two other things that I, you know, I tended to like, like, here's some facts that I, that I, that, that I was drawn into. These mm-hmm. were adults. These were older men, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. They were old right. enough to know better. I saw their ages in another article and I don't remember, but at the, I want to say it was like middle aged or better, like old enough to know better. The other thing, and this is where Jay and I have speculated, and we're going to get to this here in a minute when we, when we get to our Toyota segment. Uh, and by the way, you know, if you're watching this on YouTube, you're, we do these in segments. Uh, if you want the whole thing, go to our website at partscounterguru.com and there's a podcast links, uh, or, or just, I think it's just called podcast now, uh, tab at the yep. top and yep. you click on that and it'll take you to uh, wherever fine podcasts are given away for free. You can find all those podcast platforms and, and the link to our show on them and you get the whole thing, you get the whole show. Yep. So we've got a, we've got a Toyota segment coming up, but this first generation, second generation EV situation where we're using lithium batteries that are mm-hmm. highly volatile. Right. And this is where we think that some of these companies like Toyota, perhaps Bosch, perhaps some of the other ones are more interested in solid state because they are not, it's more stable, it's less volatile. This thing kept reigniting and firefighters could not put it out because of those batteries and the 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 lithium gases that kept leaking and they literally called it says so right here firefighters tried to contact tesla to go how do we put this thing out they couldn't get it they couldn't get it extinguished right tesla previously provided uh some guidance for first responders when they encounter fires involving its these 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 types of uh crashes um, because reignition of the battery can be a problem for sure because it's, it's unlike gas-powered vehicles, man, where, you know, when you have a crash and it's a fuel, it's a fuel-sourced fire, mm-hmm. you know, you eliminate the source, the fire goes away. The problem right. with EV batteries, batteries like this, is that they can reignite three, four days after right. because they're they're unstable Leaking. at this yeah. point. Right, exactly. Oh, so, and by the way, everybody that – and I'm this is controversial. I understand that. But all you people that say, well, my electric car is carbon neutral, <laughs> mm. that is highly yeah. toxic chemicals coming out of those batteries. Highly that's toxic. Right. Highly, and that, that's why the move to solid state is so important if we can get that battery technology yep. or, a, a, or another alternative um, uh, source of, of power like the hydrogen fuel cell. All that stuff's really, I mean, you got to be careful too. But I mean, right. there's a lot of different ways to get there. And we've talked about that in previous con, you know, um, com, uh, podcasts. And God, my, my brain is like, I, I mean, it's weird. I, you know, I love cars. I love technology. It's, yes. it's cool to see the marriage of the two. I just, people have got to stop doing stupid stuff or they're going to ruin it for everyone. Now, to be fair, I don't know the full, you know, 
maybe there was a third person and they were ejected from the vehicle and that we're going to find that out later. I, it just looks like this is this is a situation where somebody was doing something they shouldn't have been doing. I think so and I think when it all irons out when you when after the investigations are completed um it's going to be negligent on on behalf I, I bet behalf of the, uh, the yeah. So the so Tesla's pulling data from their black box, and mm-hmm. they're they're gonna I'm sure work with the safety transportation safety board to figure all that out. Right. It's crazy, man. So, I mean, Texas, dude. You guys have been in the news is, a lot. Is Texas gonna be the next Florida? They already are. I think it's just bigger in size. <laughs> all. Everything's bigger in Texas, man. That's what they say. So. So what's next, man? What what else we got going well, on? Well, let, let's let's talk Toyota for a minute, shall we? Toyota, Toyota. Remember the old Toyota commercials before we get into this? With a guy that would jump, they would jump, and, and they would the freeze heels. frame him with his heels clicking. Yeah. 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 Oh, oh, yeah. do I? Boy, do yeah. I? Boy, do I as well? Boy, do I as well? So what do we got going on at Toyota? This is something new. This is awesome. Um, Uh, Everybody's talking about it. Coming out of the Shanghai Auto Show, uh, we had uh, actually quite a few uh, newsworthy events, which I find interesting. Uh, And in Toyota's case, they confirmed that this is going to be intended for the U.S. market as well. Mm -hmm. They've got a BZ4X EV, okay, that Mm -hmm. is coming to the United States. Toyota just launched what they call their Beyond Zero uh, I, it's a marketing campaign from where I sit. Uh, it's a yes. it's a branding thing, but this is their um, this is their foray into non internal combustion driven in uh, automobiles. Right, which that subject has come up with you and I many times. You could check some of our previous podcasts where we were discussing where's Toyota at in all this because they are notorious for hybrid vehicles mm-hmm. and. You know, we were kind of wondering, you know, would they ever go into uh, an all-electric platform? Because in other markets, for example, like China, uh, Japan, they do a lot of, like, compressed natural gas-powered mm-hmm. vehicles, um, which is much cleaner, obviously, but it's still, it's, a, it, it's, it's, not, it's not carbon neutral. Um, it's much cleaner, but it's not carbon neutral. So the ultimate goal is obviously to get to carbon neutral, and here we go. I mean, um, they they didn't surprise us because it's been it's been being discussed over the last several months um, that there were some new exciting uh, things happening there with Toyota, and we've seen that. Um, you know, we thought that they were going to be dead in the water after they killed the Land Cruiser. Um, I'm still bitter. I'm still bitter yeah, about that. I know. That. I know. And then they killed the FJ, but then they came out with the, you know, we, there, there was leaked that they. The Trail um, Hunter. The Trail Hunter uh, name, which indicates to us that we're either going to get another FJ or something there in, in, in the, the likes of. Um, but Toyota's got their, it, it, what they call their TNGA. Um, this is built on the, the, the Toyota New Global Architecture. Um, it's it's basically their unibody automobile platforms um, that underpin various Toyota and Lexus models, uh, starting with the um, the fourth generation Prius in 2015. So they're they're sticking with that um, model. 
Um, now they're electrifying it. They go by the it's E T N G A. Mm-hmm. I call it just for short E Tinga. Um, and they touched on it like I Did said. Did you just come up ago. with that? Is that you? Um, no, J- the E Tinga. J- yeah, is that you? No, is that well, your I, turn? maybe I don't know. Hey, so, hey, anybody, if you want to, you know, like come on the podcast and tell us how to actually pronounce that or what what everybody's call, I, I don't know i mean that's what i just came up with so yeah i mean i, I would say that's that's what it is E-tinga. there you go ladies and gentlemen there you go there's a first for everything but um but yeah it's um I, it, it's nice to see toyota making this push as everybody else is in in the ev world this is so amazing to me it's an exciting now, time it's an exciting time now i got i got several thoughts on this okay Surprise. <laughs> Not you, man. Not now. Now you said something earlier before we we went on the air and you said a lot of people are comparing this to the RAV4. RAV4. It's not. I, I I see it. I, you said you see it to be more of a Lexus. Uh yes. I think it depends on the size, but I do see the same uh the current generation RAV4. I see those same ag- aggressive design lines. Yes. Yeah, but it yeah, I, I mean, but I do see some Lexus in there, man. I, I maybe it's the, maybe it's the roof line. Yeah, um, that gets me. Yeah, uh, that that could be it. Um, but if you notice in the rendering, and this is just a rendering, but from what we understand from Shanghai, that this is pretty. Cl- excuse me, pretty close to. Um, man, I, I should, maybe I should eat some donuts or something. Yeah, there you go. Um, but 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 it's um it's it's pretty close to what the production model yeah. will be and it looks pretty good i like it i mean it's um now it's sleek looking but are they stealing from lexus well that's lexus. their company yeah. that's not really stealing know, if but, you own that you know but, but but what's happening you know i mean are they are they making a different move you know i mean because toyota just seemed to be kind of like you know that was the intention was to have a higher end offering, and that's where Lexus comes in, just like with Honda and Acura. Um, well, the Venza then, you know, is a great example of just a yeah. solid automobile with a lot of features that rivaled its 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 Lexus sister in right. terms of value for the dollar, you know, and reliability. Mm-hmm. And and people were very surprised that this new generation of the Venza had all these features. For a non-Lexus vehicle, right? Right, right. Uh, yeah. So here's something else that I wanted to jump on. Okay. And and this is this is one of those like you have automakers uh, taking either side of this stance. Right. Uh, I'm gonna call it the fuel door, even though I I know it's it's electric and it plugs in. It's still a re- it's a recharge door. Re- you know, it looks like the gas yeah. fuel door. Okay. So Tesla Unless, notoriously yes. Un- Unless, and I bet you that somewhere down the road, we're going to see this where you'll have in-home, where you can install in your garage, a charging pad that you drive up on, and it charges. Well, that's, yeah. I mean, the problem they have right now with that is the deliverance, the, the, the amount of voltage, voltage, current, whatever, that they need to push through that, that it's just not there yet, but... Right, but I'm saying, wouldn't it, wouldn't it, yeah. Yeah, so this is on something? the front. No. It's on the driver's side, and it's right behind the front wheel. Now, you see a lot of Teslas that have it where the traditional 
gas door would be, which is in the rear quarter panel, right? And then you see some up top too. I've seen some vehicles that have yeah. it up top. So most of the uh, of the public recharging stations, not talking about your house, not talking about your garage or your driveway or whatever, but like like parking lots. Like if you go into a grocery store and they have the recharge mm-hmm. stations, or you, like they have parking garages around here by me. They're at the front of the parking space. So you pull in, okay, and then you mm-hmm. stop, and there's that little machine, and you, you know, and, and the cords are long enough. You can take it around to the back of your Tesla and it'll reach. Right. Right. But you see a lot of guys with Teslas or other cars that have the EV charging port in the back, they back in. Okay. Yes. Yep. Well, then we have places like here where I live where it says pull in only. So right. now you're going to have this argument where the guy's going to get a ticket because he's supposed to back or he's supposed to pull in only. And he's like, well, my charging dock's in the back and the cord wasn't long enough or whatever. And so you can't write me a ticket for that because you guys own the charging station and I'm using it and I'm a customer and whatever, blah, 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 blah. My point is it looks like they're starting, they're starting to be a change or a migration towards putting the charging uh, ports in the front part of the vehicle for that reason. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, be, for starters, it's it's less of a task to modify these in the mm-hmm. design than change the whole infrastructure of how we've already done things. So it makes sense. Right. Yeah. And, and 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 again, like you said, it eliminates that issue where you know they force you to pull in, um, and, and then you've got people backing in, like you said, that they would you know they would rather do it on the Teslas. But this makes sense. It's a good move, you know. To do that, I, you know, that's something I didn't even think of um, as you were discussing that. But that makes, and you know, because I don't drive an EV, so it doesn't. Some of those little things like that didn't dawn on me that that could be a problem for somebody. And do you think that people, the you know, the charging stations that are being installed, are they thinking of that? You know, do they even? Consider I mean, well, where's the charging? Yeah, door well, and thing? how do you realistically solve that if it's in a parking lot? Like, you know, you can't really put it behind the parking spot. Like, what? What do you? You know? Well, I guess you could. I mean, if it's, I mean, like for example, with um, vacuum. Like, if you go to car washes, sometimes mm-hmm. the vacuum pull-ins, um, the hose yeah. is, you know, so it it kind of moves. But you're giving oh. up parking, like. Right, yeah, so, that's true. You know, because you, yeah. you have to space them out further if you're putting an island in between them versus putting an. I don't that's know. That's a good observation. Know. That's a good point. It's a very good point, man. Um, so, having said that, man, this is not going to be the only electric vehicle that Toyota is going to be bringing out, right? Right. They've got what is it? Seven planned in this Beyond Zero lineup. Did I see that? They are they are saying um, it is a large push towards carbon neutrality for them. That's which they're everybody's trying to get there. They are including expanding its global electrified uh, vehicle portfolio, which includes hydrogen fuel cell electric, hybrid, and plug-in hybrid vehicles to a total of seventy models by twenty twenty-five. Of those seventy models, fifteen will be full battery electric vehicles (BEVs). As they call them, seven of which, like you just said, Keith, uh, will be part of the Beyond Zero brand or the BZ brand. So, um, and they've got some pickups that are going to be uh, electrified in the near future as well. Uh, they hinted to that as well. So, stay tuned to that. Now, 
could that be where the trail hunter comes in? Mm. Will that maybe be? Because look what Jeep's doing with uh, an electric assist. Um, you've got uh, the um, Chevrolet Silverado, all electric. You've got the Ford F-150, all electric. Yeah. I mean, why not? Toyota's, I mean, hey, if you can do it, we can do it too. And uh, they've been out of the um, spotlight from from being in they're not being leading. a player in those they're not, they're not leading. leading they're not the innovative leader that they have have historically been known to be right they've sort of been waiting to see how this whole thing shakes loose i think a lot of them have been doing this you know there's been some aggressiveness by some um but it's it's just you know they again they were not leading the industry in evs um, I think, and Keith, you've brought this up on several occasions. Could it be that peer pressure? You know, is this a peer pressure moving them we're, to that? We're going to do, you know? we've got an interesting episode planned, uh, around that concept. And we have a, we have a, a company that we've been talking with that works in this automotive space, uh, they are making the case to us that they are more on the B2B side, that they service businesses. And we have made the case back to them that, oh, no, no, you don't understand. The automotive industry responds to peer pressure a lot, which is unfortunate. Mm-hmm. And it's really not the right way to do things, but it's reactionary. It's like, oh, well, everybody over here is doing an EV. We need to do one, too. Oh, well, right. somebody over here is doing an electric truck. Us, too. Oh, well... Mm-hmm. You know, this car can turn sideways. We're going to do that, too. Oh, well, they have giant screens in their EV. We're going to put giant screens in our EV. And to some extent, that's just sort of the way it works in the world. Right. But it seems like the auto industry, like, since I can remember, you know, seeing car commercials, it has been um, heavily motivated by peer pressure. And I'm going to leave it at that. If you want to learn more. Here's how you can do it. Do two things. If you're watching this on YouTube, click the bell, hit the subscribe button. That will let you know when we have uh, new new content come out. And then go on over to our website at partscounterguru.com. Click the podcast link, and you can subscribe to uh, your podcast platform of choice. And then you'll be notified when the full audio podcast episodes come out. And, and you'll be and ready. How much does that? How much does that cost them? Oh man, I, can I do? Are you going to let me do this one? Like this is yes. yours. It's free yeah. to you. It's priceless to us. Ah, see, <laughs> see. I mean, it's it's a winner winner chicken dinner, man. This is almost like Doc Severinsen coming out when Johnny's on vacation and going, you know, he, doing the golf swing, or you know, here's Johnny. <laughs> like it's not the same, but yeah. I but for those of you on social media fans, we're on Facebook. We're on. Um, Instagram, all that stuff. Uh, go to facebook.com forward slash parts counter gurus. You can go to instagram.com forward slash the parts counter gurus. And you can also follow us on Twitter. And our handle is at the counter show, which is what you're listening to right now. So there you go. Got all that. So what's up next, my friend? Is it, uh, is it time for, uh, what, what, are, oh. we want to do some storytelling? All right. Is that what we're doing? Yeah. Or, all right, then. If you, yeah, you if, ready? if you insist. I love it, man. Stories of Keith and Jay. The relationship. <laughs> All right. You, you said you had one, right? Or do you want... Okay. Yes. Um, 
I think you guys all know that Keith and I, we talk a lot about Apple. Um, we, we've talked about them, God, ad nauseum, really, don't you think? Oh. Uh, I mean, because they're, they're constantly coming up. I mean, they just had a presser yesterday, I think, too. Um, I think they changed the color no, it's, of, uh, it's, one of the iPhones. Is it, is it was today? it yesterday or today? Yeah, I, I don't, don't know. know. I'll have I to ask anyway, my 11-year-old. Yeah, I think they invented a new iPad or something. I don't, I don't know. But anyway. By um, the way, uh, this portion of the program brought, brought to you by Apple with the new iPhone 33X that now has an answer button. <laughs> you yes, just click man. the button to answer your phone, everybody. It's revolutionary. Okay, I digress. Right. Go ahead, Jay. Right, right, right. So um, when, I, when, when Keith and I first met, um, I would say after about a year of, of, of you being um, on board with us, being a team member there, um, you were just always like Mr. Gadget is what I, I, I nicknamed you Mr. Gadget because you always had some sort of like new technology at your fingertips and you, you were excited about it. <laughs> I've never seen, I mean, you were very passionate about um, Apple products at that time. You mm-hmm. were a huge Steve Jobs fan. You were very excited about the innovation that was coming out, the things that were happening with the iPod, um, and and then the iPhone comes out. And I I just happened to walk into your office one day, man, and you're just tinkering with GarageBand or something on this on your iPhone or something. And I'm like, what is that? And you're like, dude, you got to look at this. Look at this. See, you're writing songs, man, on on this. Yeah. On this little tiny handheld iPhone, and um, you said you have to get one, man. You, you, trust me, I'm telling you, you're gonna want one of these. And at that time, I think I still had like a flip phone or something, man. I was still like in the dark ages with the flip phone, and I never had a smartphone. Jay's with his StarTac, his Motorola <laughs> StarTac. It's like that right, thick. Yeah. right. I think I even had a beeper at the time. I don't, I don't know, but um, but uh. I just remember it was it was almost like you were working for Apple, man. I mean, the sales pitch that came along with why you want an iPhone was like straight out of something like a like a Steve Jobs um, moment, man. You know, like like when they when they get out and present the new you know this new stuff. But so I did. I bought one, um, and it changed my world. But it was at that point when I realized how much of an I, how much I wanted to be an Apple fan because of how much of an Apple fan you were, and how you told me how that entire how how everything integrated together will work across all these devices. And it was and, the best sales pitch for Apple that well, I had ever gotten. And and this is interesting on several levels. Uh, first of all. You know, I guess it's important for me to point out that I am not the the fan that I once was of them. Still like their stuff, still use their stuff, using a MacBook Pro right now. Uh, I just feel like there's been some changes in that organization that kind of lost their, their vision. I'm a huge fan of innovation. And anything right. that sort of pushes, and so are you, Jay. And, and anything yes. that, that pushes that envelope of, wow, I can, you mean, I can literally like, look at a calendar on the same device that I have to, you know, call like somebody and I can, you know, so 
or carry all my music with me on the same device that I used to talk or whatever. Right. And and I felt like and it, there have been documentaries on this these these sort of Apple uh, fanboys that are you know just out there basically pros, uh, profit. Uh, what do you, what do you call it? Like they're uh, they're profits for the company, right? They're they're right. they're out there just preaching. Okay, and and there that is less of a movement than it used to be. I think because Apple is no longer the underdog. But um, the other thing that's interesting to me about this is, and so so Jay went full on Apple at at some oh, point. Oh, I was bought into bought, the ecosystem. Bought an, you 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 and your wife were with me at yeah. the Apple store the day that I purchased my first iMac. That's right. That's right. I was I a had, part of that. I had yep. you yeah, you she was my wife for a day. Um, <laughs> remember that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Mary, Mary, uh yes. Yeah. Uh she she yep. yeah, she yep. played my wife for the day. And, um and I got I came home with a beautiful 24-inch iMac and it changed my world. Everything from there changed. I mean, it really did. Um my wife uh, still to this day absolutely loves. I still own that same iMac. It's getting old. It's it's put I'm it in a museum close to, at some point. Yeah, right, right, right. Jay's but it's just Mac. so durable. That's when Apple built products that were like really, really just noteworthy and robust and had everything in it to to last. But now it's, so, it's kind of questionable. You told me this is going to be a short story. Now this is re- here's the other interesting thing to me that. I can't I can't let this go. So it and I every time this happens it surprises me. I, I should just learn that it's just I should just learn to expect it. But as I'm thinking through, you know, because Jay and I we put a, a pretty good amount of planning into these programs. Like we don't just show up and wing it. Uh, although that one we did we, do an episode where uh we just showed up and winged it and we did it on just purpose. for the heck of it. Yeah. And it it was good. Yeah, go go subscribe at you know partscounterguru.com dot com and you can you right. can, you'll find it. Okay, uh, absolutely. So what was it? DGAF or something like yeah, that? DGAF, okay. Yeah, DGAF. Yeah. So I'm out on a run, and this has been you know over the past couple of days, and uh, you know just going well. What you know topics? What what are the what are we going to talk about? And so I have two or three stories. We're doing these stories as a lead up to the hundredth episode, kind of how it all started. Okay. And here is the story that kept coming into my head as what I wanted to talk about next. It was, okay, I, I sort of remember this experience that Jay had with his this whole Apple thing. And, and it literally, I was like, okay, I, we're going to, I, I kind of want to talk about that. And I was trying to figure out how to frame it. And then you show up and you you bring we have we did not talk about this. Before. We did not. Okay. I said you you asked me this morning if I had do you have something for the story uh, you know story about us and I said yeah I do. That I was said, it. But have a yeah that, that's it. That we it. never discussed yeah yeah. So here's my angle of that. So the other side of that story that that I didn't even know we were going to talk about today, but ironically I was prepared. Um, was the reason that this. This right here, this Parts Counter Gurus media channel that we do, the reason that this works, okay, goes back to that. There, yep. There's a lot of reasons, but that's one of them. And and let me explain what I mean. So, Jay, as far as I know, most of our lives you've been older than me, I think, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I joke a lot on this program where, where people go, I joke a lot in real life where I, people are just like, oh, I'm not very computer literate and people tend to blame age and they tend to say, 
Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm scared of new things. I don't like technology. And they tend to use that as, you know, age being the real. Oh, I'm too old and whatever. What, here's the thing that, that I immediately recognized in Jay is, you know, back to the first story that we told. And he was like, well, wait a second. Show me what you did. How'd you do that? Right. And so it doesn't it doesn't even really have anything to do with computers or technology per se, except that you have somebody here that's like, hey, teach me. What what did you do here? And Jay, like now let's see, you have a computer science background from MIT, right? Is that right? Did I get that right? <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, not yeah, at MIT, all. MIT. How much how much computer official, professional computer training and certification technology any any? No, no, okay. I never, never had any professional and yet, training on it. And yet, here we have and someone yet. that's like, oh, well, this is interesting. You know, how does this work? Anything just, is achievable. And you were just telling me something about your dad earlier that fit right yes. into this, which was right. your dad yep. is a pretty good woodworker yep. and is doing some cabinetry. Yep. And now he, he went to a, a trade school for that? No. No. No, not he, at all. He he now, he, now surely he, he now he worked for Bob Vila as his assistant in this old house for three years, right? <laughs> he he could have been Bob Vila. He should have had his own show. But, no but doubt the point about it. is, it, yes. it's that same mentality, which is yeah. I, I, you have a show choice, me. everybody. You can be scared right. to death of something that you don't know, right? Or you can go, well, I might benefit if I you know just, just at learn least it. tried to just understand what I'm doing here. Right. And I, and what happens with that, Keith, what I have learned as a good student or as someone who is willing to step in and try something. And look, this, this is another thing why Keith and I get along. And again, I said this in our last episode when we were talking about this. You're a great teacher, and that's, I appreciate that, because you have to have patience with people because people learn differently. That's just how it is. There's nobody... No, te- no two individuals are going to learn in the exact same way. There may be methods that you use to get to that point that are the same, but how they learn and retain things are differently. So that w- that's really important for me and to have that's, – that's where you come into play is the fact that you're patient enough to understand that, okay, he's got this. Let me, let, let's let him make a mistake for a second. He'll, he'll figure it out. Learning and making mistakes – um, go hand in hand. Um, we would have not gotten to the moon had we not making yeah. had, had we not made mistakes throughout that process, and unfortunately, we lost lives. That's with anything, and that ties back into AI technology. I mean, it will get there, but we are not there yet. Um, but it will get there. It takes time with learning and developing and, and well, not being afraid to try things. And, so. and I think even though we didn't know at the time, you know, that it was going to end up being what it is today, right. I think that um, there was something that we both recognized there. I mean, I, I certainly did that. I, you know, and I would say things like, we need to be recording these conversations, but I, I am just telling you, I'm telling everyone within the sound of my voice right now, Mm-hmm. The reason this works is is due in in no small part to to Jay's ability to just be willing and open to learning something new. 
Well, thanks, man. That's that's not, I mean, because honestly, age is irrelevant. It is completely Mm -hmm. irrelevant. I mean, I I know people that are in their 20s that are like, I am not, don't try. It's a mindset, right? Like just, you know, and it's scary. I get it. Sometimes it's like, ooh, you know, but. I live, you know. We're not, this isn't the Apollo program. We're not putting people on rockets and, you know. no, you you you're not going to. But the thing is, though, and and I think the moral to this story is, is that you shouldn't be afraid to try something, um, because you can quickly limit yourself to your success um, by by not being willing to to try something. So, um, did I know that I would be podcasting ten years ago? No, had no idea. Uh, didn't didn't even cross my mind. I was busy being a product developer. Uh, product manager, um, traveling around the world, uh, looking for for plants um, to produce product. That's what I was doing, had, you know. But what I can relate to is good conversation. And I've said this before: if 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 you can listen to something and open your ears and your eyes and listen, you've got a great conversation. There's things to talk about. And that's what we do. And I think that's why Keith and I get along so well. And that's why we've, we've been so successful with this. And we're on our way to 100 episodes um, is that we like to discuss things that are very interesting to our audience. And um, it's fun. It's, it's a lot of fun, man. And I would not be here would it, had it not been for that first iPhone. Seriously. <laughs> I, I honestly, I, I think that I think that that getting that first iPhone and grabbing it and using it and, and understanding the, um, the whole architecture of, of what Apple was and, you know, and was, I say was because they are, they're really not, I mean, they're they're getting It's a different company. It's a different, it's a different company. They're not the leader, the innovator that they used to be. And we, I think you Keith saw that coming way back actually. Um, you know, even before, even before jobs uh, passed away, um, when he was sick and, and, you know, but, but hopefully, hopefully those things will change. We'll, we'll see what happens, man. But, um, I do want to add one other quick thing. And and I'm just going to bring this up. Um, Keith and I both love sushi and he has a unique ability to find, to, 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 to take you to places that, you, you know you you know you're gonna like it when you get there, right? So we're both big sushi fans, and I would pick a place, he would pick a place, just to meet up. And this is, of course, this is after Keith had left the company and moved on. And uh, yeah, to Jay's do on like I, iPhone three by this point, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> right timeline. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So he would call me up. Hey man, what are you doing? You want to get some lunch? Yeah, sure. Uh, where at? Um, you pick. You want some sushi? Yeah, sure. Okay. Here's the address. Okay. So Peter's Sushi in um still it's here. Brentwood. It's Brentwood. It's, yeah, still here. It's in Brentwood. He's moved Tennessee. around like the the building a little bit, but it's it's still there. The most amazing and fresh um uh sushi that I had had ever eaten and I don't think I've got been to any place since that really quite topped it. But tell them why that's so unique, man. Because the it's a it's a mixture, right? It's a I think his his wife is is 
It's Thai food. Yeah, yeah. Thai so, food. So, yes. so, uh, yeah. So I got to know that family. Uh, he, Peter was a was a chef at another uh, Japanese restaurant, and his wife worked there too. And um, we had a neighbor at the time that had a like just a little like like he was like a two year old, and um, they he has since you know graduated from high school last year to, just to you know kind of time set this and. So we would go in, and they were not really very busy at the time. And something clicked, and I and I met Peter, and I met his wife, and they would always come out and make a big deal about the little boy, our neighbor's little boy. And they loved him, and they just loved kids. And you know, there, there's a good indication there; they were just good people. And, and I just loved like, uh, just loved talking to them when we could, when they weren't busy. Mm. And so it it. It turned out that Peter had moved here to the Nashville area from Detroit and worked in the auto industry. Yeah. And I don't know where he learned. Uh, I'm sure it was like on the job training, um, but learned to do such a great job with sushi. But he and his wife would come and talk to me and they would just say like, you know, like we have such a hard time with our suppliers. Like, you know, they want us to buy the stuff that's about to expire, and we just are not okay with that, and it costs a little bit more to do it the right way and all that. But this is the kind of stuff you and I talk about, Jay. Mm-hmm. He had ended up branching out and starting his own restaurant with his wife. And I think the reason that they did so well, they weren't the cheapest, but it was the best quality, and people could tell. Yeah. And they just... I mean, you could... You they would lived walk to in that and, standard, yeah. Yeah, and they, they were... You would walk in, and there would be some very well-known. Oh, they pictures um, on the wall of all the celebrities that had you celebrities. Know, I mean, their... we're talking. Yeah, I mean, a lot of. Of course, you know, Nashville has the um, the Tennessee Titans. So that yeah. I mean, it would be nothing to see Jeff, the old coach Jeff Fisher sitting yeah. in there. He he would frequent it, and I'd seen a few stars in there yeah. myself. And I, um, they got that way because they really just refused to compromise their principles, and. They're, it's to the point now where like good luck getting a seat you know like they are that busy true this is true and it was that way you know when i was there years ago um it, even then so i can't imagine how it must be now and like you you said he's moved now um, um so he's in the same area that that big like strip mall but they've moved uh like they, they bought the the one next door and knocked the wall down and put them both together and it's it's a little different yeah yeah, yeah. This kind of reminds me of our our Vegas trip we took. Uh, Two thousand eighteen, was it eighteen? Nineteen. Nineteen. Yeah. SEMA. Yeah, nineteen. Remember we went off the strip and went to that sushi place, man. Yeah. God, it was so good, man. Yeah. It was so good, but but I think the bar was set for me with sushi. That that's how sushi should be. That it should be that fresh, that good. Yeah. And so I even without Keith. If I couldn't get him on board, I was going, man. I I just so right. I got to tell you, I, I I went I went out on you, brother. Good for good for you, man. Uh, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. So, um, hey, while we're while we're on the subject of of fun things, um, it's it's now like weird weird right, fact. Hey. All, right, so. All right, everybody. So make sure <laughs> if you want to hear more of these, all leading up to the hundredth episode. It's going to be a spectacular event. Make sure that you're subscribed. PartsCountGuru.com yes. has all the details. It'll be our 100th podcast episode. We've got way more than 100 videos out there, like like multitudes more. But, yes. Yeah, tons. All right. Now, so 
So click all the bells and ring and push all the buttons and you'll Su- be subscribe. You'll be please yep. subscribe. Now, Jay, on to your. You wanna? You wanna? Okay, yeah. Let's do. Let's do. You, you'll. Do, yeah. I'm gonna, Get some uh, weird uh, automotive uh, factoids I like to call uh, stuff. These Jay's weird facts. Jay's weird facts. So All right. again, I you came have to up pick with that a, myself. Pick pick uh, pick a number <laughs> between one and and fifty. All right, forty nine. Oh. Oh. You don't like my choice? No, it's fine. Okay. Oh, you got You got to scroll through. Oh. Okay. Okay. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I see I now because I'm making you go all the way to the. Okay, yeah. That's okay. It's all right. All right. Yeah, because these are random, man. I have no idea what all it's right. going to be, even. I, I didn't know this. Okay. Um, did you know that Lewis Chevrolet, who was the co founder of Chevrolet, died a poor man? Okay. Yeah, I didn't sure even know. Did. I didn't even know who that was. Okay. Yeah, Lewis Chevrolet. You know what's funny? I went. I was in basic training with a guy whose last name was Buick, and I just jokingly said, "Wow, man, that's the car's name." And it's, it's, yeah. yeah, that was my great great grandfather or something yeah. like that, the Buick guy. So, so there you're, you go. You're suggesting now that because I have a kid on my little league team whose last name Ford, that I need to, oh, you know, follow that. Yeah, need to follow Fred that. But so, hey, do you have any le- more info on Mr. Well, Lewis? Or I don't. I don't know what he died of, but at least his name will live on forever. You know, it, it may be uh, in lowercase blue now, but uh, <laughs> but, we'll, we'll, but we'll see. So, uh, if got, you guys don't know what Jay's talking about, uh, GM just changed their logo recently, and uh, you need to you need to go back and watch that. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Pick another number. One more. This is the last one. We do two two on each show. You ready? I'm going to go Pick 50. You go but 50 wait, wait, wait. Before we do that here, I'm going to give you a little bit more info on Lewis Chevrolet. He oh, died you, okay. June 6, 1941. I just pulled the wiki up. He died in Detroit, 1941, at the age of 62. Um, this guy had one of those distinguished mustaches. Uh Early career, front neck in American car companies. Auto, oh, he's involved in auto racing by the mid 1910s. Uh, he'd shifted into the racing car industry. Um, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Museum in Speedway, Indiana, features a memorial at the entrance of the building dedicated to the accomplishments of Lewis Chevrolet. Hey, see, uh, man, yeah, look at that. Yeah. We should know these. Now we do. And now you do. Our audience knows. Uh, Chevrolet had differences with Durant over the car's design, and in 1915 sold Durant his share in the company and started McLaughlin's company in Canada building Chevrolets. Uh, by 1916, the trading of Chevrolet stock for GM holding stock enabled Durant to repurchase controlling st- controlling stake in General Motors. And by the 19 by 1917, the Chevrolet company that Lewis had co-founded was merged as a company into General Motors. After the outstanding Chevrolet stocks were purchased, uh, so basically the guy just got pushed out. It looks like. Yeah, that happens. You know, that happens a lot um, in the automotive industry. Oh, in uh, 1916, Lewis Chevrolet and his brothers. This I can't write this stuff. And his brothers founded the Frontenac Motor Corporation to make racing parts for the Ford Model Ts. <laughs> Oh, no way. Yeah, 
Yeah. How about that, man, for for uh, for a uh, conclusion on that story? Yeah, there That's you go. That's funny. Interesting. All, All right, right, number so, 50. N- number 50. Okay. Did you know, Keith, that if a car's remote, the button on the remote is uh, pressed 256 times in a row without being in range of the car, the remote will become completely dysfunctional. Did you know that? Come on. That's like, what it says, Like you'll man. brick it? I guess so. I guess so, man. According to this. So we're going we're gonna to go with that. We're going to... We're going to live on that factoid, and um, if you know any differently, if you want to disprove us, uh, please go on over to the comment sections and let us know. Uh, if you want to leave a comment on our website, you can do that as well. There's a Ask Us a Question tab up there. Um, you can leave a comment there, whatever you want to do, uh, at partscountyguru.com. And hey, when you are on that webpage, man, take a look at it. The, 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 the dashboard looks great, man. I mean... We've got a YouTube icon and an Amazon icon in the upper right-hand corner up there. YouTube, you can get to our YouTube channel there. Um, while you're there, please subscribe. Click that bell to be notified. Give us some thumbs up, some likes. Likes means a lot to us. Um, you can also shop uh, on Amazon by clicking the Amazon icon. If you do that, you click on that icon and you purchase something, uh, it helps us out. We get a little bit of love uh, from from those guys. We don't know what you're buying. We don't know who you are. It's all anonymous, uh, but it does give us uh, a little help to continue to bring you these shows. And we love doing what we're doing, and we want to continue to do it. We're growing exponentially with your help. So thank you very, very much. And I would just add to that for those of you that want to live life on the edge, go ahead and press your remote. 255 times. 250, yeah, there you go. And then see what happens. And then and then just wait for that next one and you better get it right. All right. <laughs> yeah. All right, there you go, Jay. There's your weird fact segment uh in the in the in the in the books. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What what, uh... what shall we what shall we broach? Um let's talk a little insurance. Okay. You want, you want yeah. to talk a little insurance? Sure. I like okay. insurance. Yeah. Insurance is good to have. And, you know, I, I recommend having insurance. Um, so earlier in the program, mm-hmm. we made mention of what I believe to be a longstanding trend in the automotive industry, which is like peer pressure determines kind of the direction and the decision making in a lot of these auto manufacturers. Mm-hmm. So Tesla, n- not the first to do this i believe or i'm sorry tesla was the first to do this right rivian is now entering the game i kind of let the cat out of the bag there by accident oops uh (laughs) but rivian is now getting into the insurance game on its automobile so so tesla kind of started that uh and we we podcasted on that a little bit and talked about well tesla has access again we we discussed earlier in this program to the to the black box to your right. car's data recorder. If you get in an accident, they're going to use that to determine whose fault it was. I mean, I'm pretty sure that's going to be the case. Right. So whereas like a, a third-party company, like an Allstate or a State Farm or Shelter or whatever, they don't, unless you give them that information, they're not, they're not going to have it, okay? Right. So Rivian is entering the insurance business. Uh, I would assume this is only going to apply to their manufactured vehicles. Uh, what do you got, Jay? Well, what they're saying is a startup. Rivian does not want 
to be subjected to uh, what legacy insurance companies will say it costs to repair its vehicles. Um, you know, typically a minor crash could indicate a, a write-off. Um, the whole idea with the Rivian Insurance, the automaker plans to offer lower premiums, which will give in turn less time in body shops and a no-hassle experience when dealing with its accidents, which are already a massive headache. It kind of makes sense because they are offering a vehicle that is intended for off-road use. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, we, we've said that previous yep. podcast. Go, ch- go check it out. We, 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 oh, we, they're saying it. Like, they're showing yeah. you video of it. Yes. They are planning on offering uh, in 40 different states in the beginning, um, integrated with the digital ordering process for any of the company's vehicles. The policy will cover not only off-road activity, but also accessories such as the uh, rooftop tent, which we just um, podcasted about. And uh, we've got a video on our YouTube channel. Go check it out at YouTube.com. Um, Parts kind of gurus. Um, but they, the rooftop tent, they have the, the famous kitchen, the camp kitchen that is there. I mean, you, you have these things on board. Um, you, you want to make sure that they are insured properly, but it also gives Rivian, they're in the driver's seat with this. And I think it also kind of demands or commands brand loyalty. It's a startup company. Yeah. So I think this goes back to two things, like your point earlier about the cost of repairs and sort Mm -hmm. of dealing with that third party. Did you notice, now I'm looking at green car reports, um, Mm -hmm. they're commenting, uh, Rivian will use vehicle connectivity and its knowledge as the manufacturer to diagnose problems. Just like I said, they're going to use that that data recorder and they're going to use a lot of their internal uh, analytics uh, right. In terms of of claims, they better be careful there because um, if they if they upset too many of their loyal owners by denying, cl- I just am not sure how that's gonna you know. Well, they they can recognize your driving habits, like yeah. I said. Now, this is nothing new. Um, my insurance company offered me a dongle uh, that I could plug in, um, and again, it's a device where they track your 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 accelerating habits, your, your, your braking habits, Mm -hmm. those sorts of things, which will impact your premium. Why that's not a good thing, really, if you're a consumer, while it's in, while it works great for the insurance company, let's, let's talk real world. And this, 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 this ties back into what we were talking about with AI and the Tesla crash. Um, There are things that happen that aren't what they appear. And that data recorder is going to be collecting data based on the points that it were the, the information coming in. But that information coming in is only in most cases getting a, a, a very small portion mm-hmm. of what actually happened. What were you doing? Did, did you have a cup of coffee in your hand and it dropped in your lap and burned your legs and you accelerated? Um, you know, uh, did you fall asleep, uh, or did a did a cat run across in front of your car and you hit the brakes because you're a cat lover, uh, or even a squirrel? You don't want to hit a squirrel. I mean, who wants to hit a squirrel, right? Ah, uh, well, yeah. anyway, um, dodge squirrel. Have you ever played? No, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> never mind. You didn't hear that. Um, no, but uh, seriously, I would not want to take out a squirrel, and I do slow down for him or I stop for him. But it depends on the if there's things... somebody tailgate me or not. I mean, to well, be this is true. 
But those are, yeah, circumstances, which is something else that dongle is not going to be able to, right. the, that data is not going to be well, able to tell what's going on and, with the driver road raging you because you're not moving And fast I'm not enough. trying to stir the pot. I'm just pointing out that they have more access than some of the third parties do. Now. No, I agree with you. Did you see, I, I, there are a couple things here that caught my eye. Number one, you know, they pointed to the fact that Tesla got into the game because of uh, the third parties that I just mentioned claiming abnormally high claim rates on Teslas, and Tesla went, "Well, come on, knock this off. You know, we'll get involved." Right? Because they they need to make sure that the you know Model S's are expensive. They need to make sure those people can get. If, if that car becomes too expensive to insure, people won't buy it. If it's if it costs twice as much or one and a half times as much to insure a Model S as it does one of its rivals, they're going to lose sales over that. So. The other thing that they pointed out that I think is interesting is that Rivian is planning to bundle things like auto, home, and boat policies together. So you could mm-hmm. potentially get your home insurance through Rivian. Yeah, so that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a lot of money to be made as a provider. Um, so this... You know, them being a startup and them doing this, this this could gain them, you know, that revenue they need initially anyway. And if they continue to do it like Tesla has done, it'll be a successful program for them. But it, again, you know, as we were just pointing out, it doesn't come without you giving up certain certain information. And you as a as a consumer, you need to weigh those options and see if that's it's, you know yeah. are now, have you heard? Is there? Is it? Is this Keith? And maybe you do. Maybe you don't know. I don't know. Now, is this something that Rivian is going to be forcing their buyers well, to get? The data that I've got says that you can opt in if you're a customer. You can opt in to a discount for uh, use of the the Rivian's driver aids. Right. But if you opt in, like so the so the so the the incentive there is that you get a lower you get a discount. Okay. Sure. But the trade-off is that you have to let them track how much you're using those safety features. They're tracking right. your driving habits, just like you just said. Right. So it does look like there is, at least on some level, there are some opt-in, opt-out options. I wonder, though, if they will partner up with other providers. Let's say... Oh, I would, no doubt. You want to go tr- the traditional way and say, let's just throw out a name, State Farm. You want right. to go State Farm. Um, that's who you've been with all these years. That's who you want to go. You know, would they partner up with them to ensure that Rivian is not getting, uh, you know, a bad end of the, right. the deal? Which makes sense. And like you said, with Tesla, one of the reasons they, you know, what's helpful to them is the fact that they can, they know exactly what's going on with the vehicles. Um, yep. And then, you know, based on, or or they know, they have access to the data that will lead them down the right path, put it that way. And again, I'm still questioning the the recent Tesla crash in Texas, um, as to the, you know they're they're claiming that nobody was physically driving it, but you have a guy in the passenger front seat and a guy in the passenger rear seat, but nobody driving it. Uh, I, I don't know. I find that weird. But anyway, um, yeah. So I, I I commend Rivian for doing this. This is bold. They're going about everything very mm-hmm. boldly. Right. I think that Rivian's going to be successful. And if you're going to compete with Tesla, that's what you got to do, man. This is get get into the ring. This is exactly what you have to do. Um, their their commitment to the uh, 
uh, off-roading community is quite obvious. Um, and this sort of stuff just kind of plays right into it, you know. Their their powertrain warranty, man. I mean, the uh, that that they have is just unbelievable. We talked about that in a previous podcast. Yeah. There's a video on that as it's well. It's out there right now. I mean, hundred hundred seventy five thousand. Now now. It's not. They have a hundred seventy-five thousand mile, eight-year, hundred seventy-five thousand mile on um, the battery and, and powertrain, bumper mm-hmm. to bumper. I think is um, five years, sixty thousand. Yeah, I think that's right. But Tesla, and I think I said this in a previous podcast that 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 Rivian was the longest. It's actually not from a mileage standpoint. Tesla's actually unlimited mileage, um, but they have a shorter bumper to bumper. Theirs is only like four years, fifty thousand on the bumper to bumper. So, but still, well, are- yeah. But but our point was that those organizations were pushing the threshold of the traditional manufacturers, where right, you know. Like in the old days with Ford or General Motors, you got three years, thirty six thousand miles. Right, and you know then I and then think, a Hyundai, well, then Hyundai steps into the ring. Chrysler before that started offering a longer powertrain warranty. That was a lifetime. Yeah, they gave it a, a lifetime powertrain warranty, and when they first came out with that, I got to tell you, I was floored. I'm like, that's impossible. You can't do that. You're going to go broke. It was single owner. It was the they knew that right. you weren't going to keep those things. They had the data, and and right. and they needed to make sales, you know. And they, they were using they did. It. Yeah. That's that, that was a desperation thing. But you know, it's like going into auto parts stores. I remember years ago when the lifetime warranty came out on like brake pads. It's like how do how do you warranty brake pads for life, man? Yeah, I mean, that's they just, just they just knew you'd lose your receipt, and they had you know, and, well, and that's true. You know, then technology kind of caught up with them because you didn't have to have your receipt as long as you were in the system, which was a better tracking device right. for the retail outlets. But then you started seeing them change them to limited lifetime warranty where, well, we're going to give you a set of pads two times, dude. Well, you're That's 100,000 yeah. miles, you know. And so. I had a – I had a. Now, you, now you're pulling me into a rabbit hole. So I used to have a Toyota <laughs> 4Runner. It was an 86. Um, I think this – Not a be, Toyota 86, but a Toyota 4Runner four, four that the, was an 86. The Back 86. to the Future front end had the removable fiberglass top on the back with the roll bar and all that. Mm-hmm. And I went to a – big box automotive parts chain that shall remain nameless and um i needed new spark plugs i mean the thing had like two hundred thousand miles on it i mean i you know yeah it was okay and the guy like (laughs) talked me into the top of the line like like they were one and a half times more than you know please tell me it was not the split fire spark no it wasn't split fires i don't think it was. you remember those yeah oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you remember those do you remember what the big problem was with those uh i don't no you could never gap them appropriately. Oh, right. I remember. Yeah, because I remember. The, yeah. yeah, I was the general manager of an auto parts store that they took that line on, and they were selling them, and they were warrantying them. I had so many packs of those things thrown back in my face because they didn't work, and I pulled them off the shelf in my own store. My regional manager came in and threatened to write me up for it. And I proved to him why it was a problem, and it wasn't long after that they pulled them off, pulled them out of the, their entire company. I hate to say I told you so. Electrodes, right? You got yeah. electrodes, and you got right. So yeah. you try to gap, try to gap something evenly that moves like this. Yeah, you could never gap it appropriately. So, 
I, they weren't split fires, and I do remember those. Uh, and they got anyway. So they were at junk. some point, I think I had an O2 sensor go out. Okay, mm-hmm. and so when that happens, right, it affects your mixture. It affects, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a lot of I don't even yes. know for sure if this was my '86 Forerunner. I just remember I had that vehicle at the time, and that's why I'm thinking it was this vehicle. Anyway. The plugs were tr- thrashed and trashed. Like I, you mm-hmm. know, pulled them back out six months or a year later, or whatever, and they were shot. And right, I took my receipt and I marched right back into the auto parts counter and I went, "Here are my, you know, jacked up plugs that are all black, and here's my receipt for the lifetime warranty. I want a new set." And the guy was like, "No." And I went, "Okay, what? It's lifetime warranty." And he went, "I, I can tell by looking at these plugs that you have an engine problem, and this is not covered under that warranty." And mm. I went, all right, well, you didn't tell me that when you upsold me, uh, but I, okay, I'm not shopping here anymore, but okay. <laughs> and he I had would've... a, he had a fair point. I mean, sure he did. it wasn't the fault of the plugs, you know, right. but you better tell and, me when I buy them that you're, you're looking and, for an out to not honor this thing. Right. And that is my very point when it comes to lifetime warranties. And we, like you said, we went down in this rabbit hole, but with Chrysler and their limited lifetime warranty or their lifetime powertrain warranty. Yeah. I but but I tell you that only lasted for a short amount of time. Right. They didn't they, they didn't do it forever. It got expensive. Um, it got really expensive for them and because they weren't building the greatest vehicles right. at that time either. So and uh some of that's questionable still to this day, but we'll we'll, we'll save that for another podcast. Um yeah, so look, uh warranty with Rivian uh, their own insurance. Um, they came to play, pal. They came to play, and they're not messing around. Um, I, I'm hoping, 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 hoping that because we've been talking about this since we started podcasting about Rivian specifically, and um, now it's coming to fruition. Uh, models will be available. I think they're saying later this summer, uh, early fall. Um, and uh, for those of you. Uh, who are Lordstown uh, fans? Um, I think that uh, Rivian's going to uh, be the first uh, EV uh, truck out there. So we'll see. You're just stirring the pot there, aren't you? Nah, never. Wouldn't do that. I'm I'm like ninety nine percent sure that that Rivian's going to be the first. It, it won't be Lordstown. I'm I'm still waiting on that one. So we'll we'll see what happens. That'd be cool if they did though. I I, I prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. There but you go. I don't see it happen. So. Anyway, there you go. So what else we got, my friend? All right. We're getting down to the wire here, aren't we? Yeah, I think we got some trucks here. Uh, this is this is interesting to me. I think this is the last of what we have, but... It is. Um, this is. This is... This is... This is a hot topic in your... In your repertoire, Jay. Why don't you... Why don't you bring us into... Um kind of the concept here of of these smaller trucks and where you think this is going yeah so um i had a conversation with a young man a couple days ago we were out on the beach and um he pulled up in a honda ridgeline and um I asked him how he liked it. It looked brand new, and it was the HPD versions, really nice. He says, 
I love it. It's fantastic. You know, we have a baby on the way, and I checked out some some you know some midsize pickups like the Tacoma, um, you know, the Chevy Colorado, uh, the GMC Canyon, on and on um, with the quad cabs, and nothing seemed practical. He uh, couldn't seem to get car seats in the right way, and it just didn't didn't have that feel that he was looking for. He wanted something sporty. Uh, but he also wanted to have more of like the comforts of a sedan sort of thing, so he bought the Ridgeline. But he says he goes, you know, they're too big. They're they're it's 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 still too big to me. And I said to him at that time, I said, well, did you hear what just was released? And he says, no. What? I said, well, and here we go. Um, some of you may be aware of this or not aware of this, but um, Hyundai or Hyundai, depending on how you want to pronounce that, uh, has decided to get into the uh, the compact pickup market, which has gone away for uh, probably 20-plus years, 25 years, wouldn't you say, Keith? I think the last compact pickup truck that was on the market was that like 95, 96, just like Ford Ranger, maybe like the Mazda B4000, B3000. Yeah, so, I mean... <sighs> Some of this is semantics. So we kind of we kind of created new names or new class names. And oh by the way, that's a result of a couple of these manufacturers just making their small trucks bigger. Right. And then that's it. and then we we went, "Oh, but we still have some companies that are still making the trucks that are the original size like the small ones." So right. what do we do? Well, let's let's call one of these a a compact and the other one a midsize. Right. Right. And that's exactly what they've done. And um, Hyundai did a great job with this, by the way, I think. It's, it's, they come right out and tell you that it's a, um, uh, it, it is a compact truck. Um, and it's geared towards more of, they, they want to say off roading because I, I saw the, I saw the reveal on this and, mm-hmm. and, that's questionable because it doesn't have a, um, you know, it doesn't look to me like it's it, it has the ability to get on a true off-road type environment. Um, the the entry angle is is you know all that everything is it's just too low, man. It's just not right. I don't think it can do what they think it can do. However, what what they are targeting, what they have targeted here, are those people who don't want or can't have these huge trucks well yeah so there's two factors Mm -hmm. price being one yes although i don't know that's the leading factor and the other one is this is people have been playing around with this for a while Mm -hmm. what if i live in the city or in an urban area but i want to go camping and i do need some sort of a truck feature right well but i'm not going to want to daily drive that thing and parallel park it or park it in a parking garage, right? Right. Well, he's so this is that this is that crowd. That's your this demo. is the answer. Yep. This is the answer. I think that I think, and, and you're absolutely right. I think Hyundai is is going to be successful in that market where people live in inner city, where they yeah. need to have now the best of both worlds. Let's you know <clears throat> what's really interesting about this is. We're talking about Hyundai right now. 
and we just said this with the electric trucks, who's going to get there first? Okay. So right. Hyundai has come out and said we're doing it. Mm-hmm. But then we we talked six months, eight months ago about the Ford Maverick, right? Mm-hmm. That's so right. So you got Ford potentially getting back into this game. We've got several manufacturers that are making smaller versions of on a truck platform, on a small truck platform, you know, I guess. Right. Is it on a car right. platform? It's on a truck platform, it's a uni- right? This is a unibody. Okay. Yes. So, well, there you go. If it's unibody, then it, it's even, even yeah. right. So... They're not alone. They're not sitting here by themselves taking a huge risk. They're, again, peer pressure in the auto industry. They're all looking at each other, and somebody's going, we think this urban truck model is going gonna, is gonna to have some popularity because, it, well, and look, Jeep, right? Like, how many different versions of the Jeep are out there right now? You have options in the Jeep line to get a truck bed. That's right. Right? And, and yeah, that's, what, what, yeah, Gladiator or whatever it is. It's not a full-size pickup. That's a smaller frame. Right. So and you had the Scrambler years ago. Yep. Jeep has kind of stayed true to that, to have some shape or form of that so all along. It makes sense to me if we're, if we, if we're, if, I, if I'm an automotive executive in the industry and I'm watching this or listening to this program, by the way, thank you. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, these parts counter guru guys, they're always talking about overlanding. They're always talking about how they go to these car shows and all they see is people with their off-road setups. And they're always talking about how everybody's buying RVs and everybody's getting off the grid and all that. You know, folks, maybe we need to put our hat in the ring for something that could be competitive in that market because, you know, the Broncos selling now and we got, you know, right? So it's like, well... Yeah, I mean, there's a demand for it. Right. There is a huge demand for it. There's going to be a bigger demand for it. I'm quite certain of that. Um, and because better fuel economy, right? Than the be- full size. Way better fuel economy. First of all, these things are equipped with a 2.5 liter. One's going to have a, um, one will have a turbo. Uh, one version will have a turbo. Uh, they'll come in all wheel drive, mm-hmm. uh, two wheel drive. Um, this thing, it, it has. Um, uh, I was surprised. It's going to have. I mean, it's not huge, but for what it is, it is. Uh, it has. Uh, it's capable of towing up to five thousand pounds, um, and it, it also is going to. It, it doesn't have the uh, a trailer brake controller, but I don't know that you could effectively pull. I, I wouldn't. There isn't I, anything at five thousand pounds that you should need a brake controller for. That's not heavy so, enough that that vehicle should should be able to stop that with its own brakes. You would hope so. Um, now, if they build it right. Yeah. If they build it right, what I can tell you is basically it looks like the new Tucson with a bed. It does. It really. It looks like the the, the Tucson. And you know, I'm a fan of the Tucson. I like the Tucsons. I now, always have. I, I drive one. Do you see the potential mm-hmm. here for GM to go El Camino? Do you see the potential <laughs> for Subaru to do something competitive? You know, Subaru is really already a competitor. They just need to bring it back. And you and I talked about this the other day about the Brat. And there is some speculation that maybe late 2022-2023 that the Subaru Brat may may make a, a an appearance and if based on the trends 
Um, to me, it makes absolutely good sense. Now, will it have the suicide seats in the back like the old one? I, I don't think that by by law you could you could get away with that anymore. You remember those, right? With the yeah, in the bed. You're talking about the ones that were down the at, seats have in the bed with handles to hold on to, man. Yeah, you know, you, you you know how those? I learned about that, Jay. <laughs> no. As a kid with Hot Wheels, I had a brand. Oh yeah. And they built into the Hot Wheels car the detail of those seats in the in the bed. And I remember looking at that going, wow, that's cool, right? But yeah, now it's like, wow, that's super unsafe. <laughs> right, right, right. So so check this out. Here's what, <laughs> for sure, man. I remember riding in the back of those. Uh, I had a friend of mine uh, that owned one. and They were a lot of fun, but gosh, how dangerous it was. I often thought about, man, I hope he doesn't lose control of this vehicle because you're out you're ejected immediately <laughs> yeah um and that's one of the reasons why they can't build those things like that anymore but um you know hyundai goes on to say that they're in a class of its own right now but that's going to change and we talked about it with the ford maverick like we said that's that's coming um there is room for this segment out there uh i think they will do well with this type of vehicle you get the comforts of a sedan or a crossover, uh, but you also have the bed. This thing's got a, uh, it's got a lockable, uh, like a hard uh, tonneau cover that, that mm-hmm. cover that comes with it. It's got a, a in bed trunk. Um, it has a lot of different things. Uh, it has a remote tailgate. Not that that's important to me, because you know how I feel about all the gadgets on on vehicles like that. I don't I don't get it. I don't understand all that stuff. But um, it can hold up to uh, 500 pounds uh, back there. Um, uh, and um, they do say that the tunnel cover, however, will be uh, optional. Um, crazy, man. It's, uh, it's interesting to see Hyundai get into this. And I will, I, I will bet that in a year from now, we're going to be talking, there will be five to six other uh, models of something similar like this out there in the works, if not already for sale. That's my opinion. Yeah, and we we hinted to it. Toyota you heard it here has first, hinted, everybody. Toyota has hinted to some other things that are happening, and I believe that you're going to see a more compact pickup truck come from them. Um, you know, like you said, Chevrolet. What was it? The Chevy Love. Yeah. Um, yeah. Compact pickup truck. Um, but then you had the like you said the, the El Camino, and then we had the Ford Ranchero. So this is not this is not something new to our industry. It's just something that has gone away for a while, but now you've got all these other players involved, a lot of the Asian market vehicles that are coming into play. Volkswagen had one. Volkswagen, I think, is, has one already. Um, they're out there. You just have to do your research on it. But I mentioned this many moons ago on one of our early podcasts that I felt like the, the, the compact pickup truck was going to make a compact. And that was before we even knew about the Maverick. Right. And, um, um, is that, that's, that's almost a, I hate to say I told you so moment, you know, it, because it, it, it's, I hate to say I told you so. <laughs> it's just one of those things, man, where you get a gut feeling on trends. And my biggest right. complaint is I can't park a big truck anywhere. I need a truck, but I can't park it because it doesn't fit. And now when you start, increasing the size of your small pickup trucks to a midsize i looked at the toyota um uh tacoma Tacoma. the new one and honestly when i looked at it i'm like that thing's darn near close to uh, the tundra uh, in in size and 
you see the front the Nissan Frontier doing the same thing. Um, you see, uh, like I said, the Chevrolet Colorado and the GMC Canyon. They used to be a tiny pickup truck, like the size of an original Ford Ranger or something. Um, but now they are in a, in a class of its own. They're mm-hmm. a mid-sized pickup truck. They're big. I was next to one. And I'm like, wow, when did this thing get on steroids? Because that's basically what they look like. They grew up, you know. So, and then of course the bigger trucks are are even bigger. Uh, I mean, you oh, can't yeah. even it's, get those things right. down a driveway these days, right. man. They're or so in your garage, Just, right? And you, oh, you'll never get them in the garage. You don't have the clearance because they don't. Now they're not building. Now they're not building houses to accommodate those things. They're building garages to the specs that they've always built garages, mm-hmm. which are typically a thirty by thirty, right, um, for two cars. So, but you can't fit a uh, and the height of uh, of the door getting in. You would have to almost have an RV type bay or garage setting uh, to get one of these big trucks in. Heck, the mirrors stick out, you know, five feet on some of these, five feet from the uh, from the from the pillar, right? Um, on some of these big towing uh, capable trucks. So yeah, crazy man. It's um, I'm loving it. I, I I'm I'm having fun with this one. I would like to uh, maybe test drive one. If I get the opportunity, um, my wife already. When I told her about it, she goes, "Oh, let's get one," because she loves she loves her Tucson. Mm-hmm. She wants a truck though. So, well, there you go. See, they, what they know what they're what doing, else? man. What else you got to add to this, man? I think that's it. I think that's the show we, for the day. Are we done? I think we're done for the day. Oh, I oh, know. Parting yeah. is such sweet sorrow. So, yeah. Uh, hey. Um, yeah, I'd like to get out and do some donuts in one of those little small pickup trucks. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of donuts, get you get, like you, to get you get you your rit- yeah. There, so get you a get you a doing donuts. Uh, we'll put the link uh, to that on the mention on the podcast page. Everybody, go to partscounterguru.com and click on the mentioned on the podcast tab, and uh, you will find a link to this episode, which I think is going to be ninety three, if I'm not mistaken. Oof. And uh, We're getting there. well, you can you can you can. Uh, Buy one of those shirts like Jay's wearing there, and uh, it says Dune Donuts for those of you listening on the podcast, but it's in the colors of Duncan. So, yeah, it's cool. uh, anyway, yeah, what else, Jay? Closing, uh, um, yeah. Yeah, just, just, hey, thank you guys for watching. If you're watching, thank you guys for listening. If you're listening, if you're not, if you're not listening and you're watching, or if oh you're watching and you're get, not listening, getting dicey here. Uh, yeah. just, just get on everything and then, you know, run, yeah, whatever. But look, uh, just support us by subscribing to our podcast and our YouTube channel, and then um, do some shopping through our website at parchcountaguru.com. Uh, follow us on youtube.com uh, forward slash parchcountagurus for, for any of those videos. Click that bell um, and also give us a thumbs up. Um, I don't really have anything else. I don't think, man. I think I'm done. I, th- I think I need a donut. It's been a good show. I, I just want to say thanks to everybody for helping us get this far. It has been... Mm. Uh, a fantastic just awesome experience for both jay and i and uh man how far we've come make sure that you are subscribed uh you know to 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 not only hear and watch but be a part of that 100th episode uh we're gonna do some cool stuff and um and and yeah the best way to do that is go to the website click on the podcast links find your podcast platform of choice uh so until next time everybody that's my pal jay over there Yep. I'm Keith. Uh, I will leave you with this. Make the world that you want to live in. 
See you next time.